I think I might have a juice problem. Uh, like with our our beloved co-host. No, no, no juice relation. Or... Oh, okay. Literal juice. No. Oh. 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 Okay. Sucking down too much of that sweet stuff. I mean. So uh, you, people who listen to the show might remember that I had some acid reflux and I stopped drinking orange juice for basically ever. And I hate, sh- I hate that I know I, that. I feel like people who've listened to you talk for more than 30 seconds know you have a problem with, that, <laughs> with acid reflux. It's just endemic to your character. I switched I to a pomegranate blueberry combo, which is very good. Not sponsored by the show. Uh, KW Knutson. <laughs> so don't go, don't go searching store shelves for blueberry pomegranate. It's very tasty. Combo. It's like one of those like super. It's all like pure. Anyway, regardless, I cut it because it's if I drank it straight, it'd be insanity. So I cut, it, cut it with it. water. You know how wait, how, how, how much? Sorry, how much? It's ratio? usually like a a third to two thirds, like a third juice to two thirds water. Wow, that's in, that's a lot of cutting, well, friend. Okay, so you know those scenes in movies, the like cliche scene with the alcoholic person and they're like pouring themselves a drink and then they like go to the fridge and then go back and they're like, nah, this drink could use a little more. That's been happening to me, but with juice. It's oh, because so your your proportion has been creeping up to more yeah. juice. Is this what you're yes. saying? Okay, All you right. could use a little naughty boy. A little top up. Yeah, just a little bump. I don't drink coffee. This is all I have in my day is the juice. It's your sugar you water. I just I just never drank coffee. Wait, you don't do you not drink caffeine at all? Uh, occasionally I'll have a Diet Coke, very occasionally. So that's just what we get on each morning record is just straight rust. This is straight rust plus juice. It's okay, it's rust and juice. Okay. Russ I want to pick an episode soon where Russ pounds an espresso and then does the <laughs> That'd be bad. Oh, it'd be Just rocking. Listenable. Let's do it next time we have to talk about a game that none of us really give a shit about. <laughs> Let's get him all hopped up on goof juice. and then... Welcome to Besties and the Amp. It's me, the Amp. Yes. Formerly known as Russ Fresh Tank. <laughs> I'm pumped about this new Kirby John. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Justin McRoy, and I know the best games of the first half of the year. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I know the best games of the first six months. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and games are what I know. My name is Russ Frostick, and I know the best games of the week. Welcome to The Besties, where we talk about the latest and the greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a game of the year show that goes all year long, and just by listening you, my friend, have become a member uh, what do we talk about today, Chris Plant? Tell me all about it. For people who don't normally listen, which welcome, at the end of each year, we do a bestie of the besties. We figure out what is the best game of the year. You know, we get like a top 10 going. This is the halfway point of the year. So this is kind of us reevaluating everything we talked about, kind of getting our ducks in order for the first half of the year so that when we get to the back half of the year, we're ready to go. The one thing I'll say right here is no more video games are coming out in the back half of this year. So Wow, is it really that dire? It's I mean, it's pretty I mean, are you ready for Skull and Bones? There's Hell games. Yeah. Stop it, Chris Plant. Don't know. No more games. There's games. No, they said Why would people keep listening to this show? There's no more games. <laughs> We're yeah, just gonna lie, be talking Chris. about Hideo Kojima classics for the next six. What months. about Stray? 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Straight. Okay, <laughs> you're right. Game. I guess they got the cat game. They got the pirate game. We're good. There's, I'm sure there's going to be some We're Call good. of Duty. Yeah, probably. They probably got to do a Call of Duty. Or maybe we just go back to talk about 13 Sentinels a lot. Oh, man. Okay, now we're good. Let's do that right after the break. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts, and you get ripped off because they've got all this fine print little details, and all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? I can pull that nonsense. Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com besties that's mintmobile.com besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com besties additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What would you guys say was the first, chronologically speaking, first great game of of this year? Okay, chronologically speaking, the first great game of this year was Wordle. Not this year. Which but well, it, Hold on one second, because I, oh, I actually went through this list, and you guys are welcome to add to it if you'd like, but I sure. went through the list and included not only games that uh, came out this year, but also included games that only quote hit this year. Okay, that's fair. And I'll allow it. I uh, do, I don't know who just added Super Auto Pets, but I respectfully disagree because it was kind of a moment last year. But Wordle was the first game that I think really popped off this year. Technically, started in December when they added that um, t- uh, Twitter feature to like the boxes that everyone was sort of doing. Sure. And then it uh, essentially blew up in January. So I think. Wordle was the first big, big game of uh, 2022, I would argue. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I, man, I don't know any... Is anybody still playing Wordle? My, my wife still plays Wordle. Okay. She does. Uh, did you, I, uh, you want to do a Borat thing? Or? It really I mean, felt like it. It really felt like you were... It felt like it. Ex-girlfriend? I, I felt like the way... I could, fi- I could hear you smile through still plays Wordle in a way that like half of your brain was like, don't, Damn, I missed a great board. Yeah, I missed it. I missed yeah. it. It's a good, it's a really good puzzle game. I think a lot of people sort of hit that moment of like, yeah, I've been there, but it takes a good month or two to get to that moment. It is a good puzzle game. I feel like actually it was hindered by this is going to sound dumb, but um, the brilliant thing about Wordle, besides the fact that it's like it's just a really great game. I mean, the marketing for it was beyond genius. I mean, the fact that. I you start seeing on your Twitter timeline these like <laughs> multicolored cubes and everyone's posting them and you're like what is happening like what could any of this mean I mean that was how I encountered Wordle and how I'm sure a lot of other people did too it's a really interesting counterpoint to the way uh pretty much all other video games are marketed where it's like 
smashing you over the head with it. This is a little bit like Sword and Sorcery. That's what it reminds me of. Remember when Sword and Sorcery first came out? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, and and that I mean, for people who remember that kind of like Zelda E adventure game, you could you could tweet, I think, any quote in the video game. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, you it was self-narrated. And so like at any time that you did anything and you got that little piece of self-narration, you could share it. And then like out of no, if you didn't know what the fuck was going on, you would see like uh It was a very I shattered it, the prose was very like uh how would you Chris, you're smart about this kind of thing the the narration the writing in sword and sorcery was very um uh, i i would say it was social media friendly in a time when video game writing was not that like yes. cute yeah uh is it's, anyway, it's a wordle. good game I, I like i like wordle but then it sold out man wow oh, i was actually gonna say here's what i was saying i think it was hindered by the fact that like it wasn't wordle.com and you had to search for it every day, or at least I did. Like, I mean, you just go to Google, and then would it would come up? I'd I'm not saying too. it was like hard to find Wordle, obviously, Russ, yeah. but I do think that it like it was just like one or two steps that the other imitators could kind of like start to, to get some territory. That's with. very funny to me because that would explain also why the audience is older for it now. Because I don't know about y'all, but my parents they do everything through Google.com. When they want to read Polygon, they go to Google.com and search for Polygon.com. Yeah. So, did did yeah. y'all know that they removed the tweet function from Sword and Sorcery? No. Because wow. oh yeah, it was too uh, they, there's like an update where that little narrator pops up and says, since our prior experiment in 2011, social networks have proven to be catastrophic for society, so we now encourage isolation and regretful can't, reflection. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, okay, that's an ancient game that we have talked about now. Oh. I'm much more interested in talking about vampire survivors okay so this is yet another Uh, i'm so glad that you guys had like a late a late entry into this 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 game um yeah this is a yet another 2021 game technically came out december 17th 2021 but if you played it right then i'd be very impressed because i feel like it didn't start popping off until early this year um and has only gotten I heard about it on the Bombcast, like game of the year wrap up but i don't think well they're better at it than we are yeah they're better and and now it's uh, pretty terrific. I don't know if you all have kept up with it, but they've been releasing updates, I want to say once every few weeks, that add like new characters, new levels, new features. Like it's really growing pretty astronomically from where it started at. And it's fucking fun, man. Yeah. It's so satisfying and great. And, you know, uh, we've talked a it, lot about it. It is a testament to the like almost like genre defining success of of this game. That if you go on the iOS app store, the top, I don't know, in the top 100 paid titles, like 11 of them are vampire survivors clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they are called shit like Dracula Outlast or something <laughs> like shit like that. It could not be more of a just homonym uh, of, of or synonym of, of vampire survivors. Uh, but That man. feels like appropriate though, right? Like, cause isn't sure. vampire survivors itself, like the art is just a knockoff pack of like Castlevania. Symphony spread. of the Night. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not, a, a, you know, it's not traced. I mean, it's pixel like that, art. It's, pretty, it's pixel art and it's, it's, it looks pretty, man, this game fucking rips ass. I could play it at any time. I have it on the Steam Deck and it's just whenever... Whenever the mood strikes me, it is always a good one. I and I think they have missed a trick by not putting it out on iOS. If this game was out in a fucking portrait mode, 
Oh, yeah. uh, iOS format that was just one stick. That's all you need. It's a one touch interaction game. Like I would play it constantly. I don't I think it's it they've. I think they are aware of it. I think they did not expect the juggernaut of success of that not. came before them, yeah, and they're yeah. just scrambling to make it better. Sure, um, but yeah, fantastic game. Yeah, it's really. Do we fun. want to talk about Super Auto Pet? I mean, Super Auto. I Pets. mean, we can talk about it. I do think there was a bit of a following behind it last year, but I would but, say. It's, I know it clicked for y'all. We could nominate it for our game of the year, so we should probably talk about it. Yeah, right? sure. Did you did you put it on here, Plant? Yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, you, you, Griffin, did you play it? Because this seems even more I of got a new game. D- I got deep into Super Auto Pets. Yeah, well, year I mean, you, on you can explain it really quick. Okay, it's a. Uh, it is a very, very. Uh, I would say. Um, boiled down uh, version of an auto chess game which um i guess i should clarify what that is auto chess is a a game where you draft uh characters uh to your team and usually that drafting process is like the sole form of interaction that you have with the game and there are things going on in auto chess like uh you know if you draft uh, enough of a certain type of character then you know they will get some sort of like team bonus uh and then the battles happen kind of automatically uh hence the name super auto pets super auto pets does the same thing except all of the characters uh stand in a straight line you can have five pets on your team and then each pet has like a, a, an ability that it executes automatically in battle, right? So there's one that uh, I, I think the elephant has an ability that if it gets hit, it throws a rock behind it and damages the next part, or the next member of your team uh, by one damage, which then you can combo into things like the blowfish. Anytime it gets damaged, it shoots spikes out at the other team. And so you can kind of combo it out so that you know you turn your blowfish into a machine gun that is like that that was the meta strategy for a long time but there is i i don't know the exact number of pets but there's a huge variety of pets with different abilities and a nearly like infinite uh way to combo all of them together to create your own sort of strategy on the fly um it's really good. It's perfect for iOS. It is. It's all PvP, um, and that is usually not my jam. But it is very satisfying to put together just a juggernaut team and steamroll uh, everyone else. So, if you've not played Super Auto Pets, it's free on iOS, and uh, the 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 be- I, in my opinion, the very best pets that you get are on the free team. So, like, there is really no need to you know drop cash on it unless you yeah. really enjoy it. You can play it on your browser pets. too. It's like playable yep. everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, um, is it cross, like, does your uh, progress cross over? There is no, pro- so the, really there's no progress to uh, speak of. You get, you get like coins by doing good, and then with those coins you can put hats on your pets, or you can purchase like backgrounds for your I'm pretty team. sure that does. I'm pretty sure you log into an account and it just yeah. works wherever you I was. Play. I was turned off by the lack of sort of like uh, meaningful progression, but. The game is just so fun. It is so like uh, compelling. That yeah, it, and it, it it's I think me. still in alpha beta. It's it's not officially full released yet. So I think yeah. that will happen this year. Um, yeah. Nobody saves the world. I think this is like the first oh, big I love game this of the one. year. Yeah, Justin, take it. Yeah, this was a really uh, interesting. Uh, it reminded me of like, uh, gosh, okay. So think sort of 
from the perspective of Zelda, you're a sort of uh, avatar, not the cool blue ones, just like a, a blank slate of a person who uh, can take out enemies. And when you do, you are able to uh, use their powers, basically. So you gain new uh, abilities as, as you go through the game, which allows you to like, switch between... I mean, character classes isn't like overstating it. I mean, each of the different roles that you take on has a different suite of powers. And the more you use those powers, so like uh, on blanking on, uh, so there's like a mouse that can uh, bite a bunch of times and is also small and can slip into smaller areas or uh, the horse can uh, gallop through uh, obstacles and kick backwards if that's your thing. Um, and the more you use these forms, like the more powerful they get and you can upgrade them like the ones that you tend to use the most. The more you upgrade them, you'll unlock more stuff on the tree and more abilities and everything. Um, I would say it kind of feels like if you were playing Diablo and you could just switch to whatever class you wanted basically at any given time. That's yeah. kind of what it feels like. And and once you've significantly advanced them, you can start to like cherry pick certain powers out of one form and use them in another form. And that's really the, I, I think the most compelling part of it is trying to build like someone who's all the, the different bonuses, the different attacks, the different, uh, you know, strengths sort of synergize really well into, into something that's like really, really devastating and can just rip through um, a bunch of enemies at once. I don't think I had gotten to that point when we first discussed the game. Uh, mm. But when it came out on switch, I played it a lot with Henry uh, and it's kind of a double-edged sword because once you are able to sort of like fully customize the classes in that way, which then you kind of have to do in order to progress, right? Because then you'll get an objective on the knight that's like, use this mouse power on the knight in combination with et cetera, et cetera. I really liked it. And it was also the point where Henry kind of dropped off because it, it introduced a little bit too much mechanical complexity. Right. But still, it's a, it's, a, it's a great game, I think, to play with, uh, to play with kids or in any kind of like big group format like it gets it gets really hectic and fun and yeah it's a great game okay so now we are entering the like deluge of all of the triple a game triple a games for the year like just back to back to back we got pokemon legends arceus dying light 2 horizon forbidden west destiny 2 the witch queen elden ring kirby all in a row yeah. Um, which, which one do y'all want to start with? Why couldn't these here? have been spread out still? I'm still bitter about it. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. hard to plan. It Why don't we go? I, I, th I feel like I would have spent more time with certainly not Elden Ring. That would have been, not have been possible. <laughs> but like, I think I probably would have done more Dying Light too. Yeah. I remember myself kind of enjoying that. I really I wish. It. Yeah. I really wish Dying Light 2 had come out. I don't know. Like now. Guys, guys, what's wrong with you? Just go back and play the fucking game. You don't need to play it right when it comes out. <laughs> you were just no, talking no, about no, how no, there's no, not no. enough games. No, 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 no. We did need to, if you will recall, because we did episodes of this dumbass podcast. Yeah, but we played around, it, so and we then didn't need to you play could, could just go back. There's no, so much to go back into, just like wander blindly back into yeah. Dying Light 2. I had like 80 different hangles. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> They're littered across the city. Also, Crush, look at the list of games that keep stretching on beyond that. When when we have time to go back to Dying Light 2? More games well, just now. Now, realistically, because there's very little coming out. Yeah, when, well, yeah, when yeah, their maybe, Commissar Frustic is like, you can may return to this game for a, another episode. 
then maybe we could play it again. But you dictate all the games we play all year. I don't have to. You guys can jump in if let's you want. Let's uprising, yeah. boys. Okay. Let's go. Pokemon <laughs> Legends. That's it. I'm in charge. Arceus. God, it's a fucking I, I think I like this game the most of everybody here. Is that right? I think that I think that is true. Yeah, it'd be it, great it, if it wasn't for the reading. But the rest of it was very good. The 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 what? The, the text. It was just a very slow, like talky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, this feels like the first version of a series of Pokemon games that are going to rule and probably be the dominant form of Pokemon games. That'd be uh, awesome. It, yeah, I mean, it, it it has that like Assassin's Creed one vibe where you're like, yeah, there's something here, but it's like really rough. Um, and yeah, it's open world Pokemon, and you can throw Pokeballs at. Pokemon. That's all I want. That is quite literally all I've wanted from a Pokemon game from day one, and I got it. And if everything else in the game is kind of a mess, I'm okay with it because I got the thing I wanted. That it happens to be in like ancient Pokemon land, and you get like yeah. all this wild backstory of Pokemon. That that's gravy. I mean, really charmed by this game. I speaking of games, I need to make time to go back and finish. This is probably the top of my list, and it feels much more attainable or doable to go back and play this game than to go back and play dying light 2 which i would love to yeah. throw to to hoops you want to you want to explain this game uh dying light 2 is is interesting i actually like that one a lot more than i liked the original dying light it is a absolutely massive open world game i mean like the scale of this thing is is truly unfathomable um especially uh, like a very good distance into the game you unlock the real open world, I think, like after many, many hours, uh, it continues to unfold before you. Um, the ways of getting around the world are very interesting. You know, you got your your hang gliders and stuff like that, which are very cool. Um, cool day night variants to where you're like re- really running around having a lot of good Christian parkour fun <laughs> during the sun, sun times. And then at night, it's a, a quite a bit scarier. If I had, I mean, I think in the end for me, this one was like uh, the part of the reason I don't return to it. I think there was just a a little too much cruft, a little too much, many things to pick up, too many like sort of slightly hollow missions and narrative that didn't really seem to be going anywhere. Um, so it maybe could have been scaled back just a tiny bit, but uh, I I thought it was uh, a lot more fun and engaging than the than the first one. I really liked running out around the world and and unlocking the different abilities and stuff like that. And it also had some, um, I would say not completely baked, but interesting ideas about like the way your story choices. And if you align yourself with sort of like the lawful group or the chaotic rebel group would impact the sort of, uh, parkour stunt opportunities around, around the world. So you'd have like more, uh, you know, rope traps with this group and more, you know, ways to get around quickly with this with this other group and it, it, that that part was interesting it does do that thing though where it's like well if you want the really cool ways to kill the zombies you're gonna have to be friends with the fascists <laughs> like yeah <laughs> you know like men you, you gotta... maxing is really the only thing that makes sense i will say which removes sort of like the uh, it makes it a lot more binary, I think, than they probably I wanted to. I think they to, might have cha- like, like updated it in a recent. I saw a news post about that where they like added the allowance no. to like do other trees. Yeah, I mean, this is a game where I wish sometimes that games had like a TV style episodic release format, and yeah, I know mm. that's kind of weird because TV has moved away from that. 
But like if they had released just that first open world that you were in, and then like halfway through the year, they're like, okay, great. Everybody's played that. Everybody's caught up. Here's the big open world. That would rule. And I know, I know that like that's very much a people who talk about games professionally way of looking at things. But I do think like there's so much out that like letting people enjoy something and then talk about it with their friends and talk about it with the community and then take a breather and then come back rather than I mean Elden I think the back half of Elden Ring has a similar problem. Like I, I don't think that would hurt. I think that would actually help. It is things. interesting this idea of like episodically like rather than episodically revealing um narrative episodically revealing like the the the, the geography i mean the scale i the scale i mean like it's sort of an mmo model i, I mean really but yeah. but but without the you know year long gap i think that's I think what it, they're planning on doing with halo infinite for what it's worth like i think that's the long term plan i could be wrong but they should finish the end first <laughs> yeah that'd be a good idea and then do some more stuff uh, Griffin, I wanted to talk to you about Ali Ali World, which came out on February eighth. Fuck yeah, that's a this great game. fucking game. Yeah, it's a good game. Uh, I mean, it is not such a tremendous departure from the old Ali. I mean, the arts—they uh, changed the art style. Okay, yes, the art style. I'm talking about sort of like mechanically, structurally. Yeah, uh, it is. It is uh, the same. Just like super flowy skateboarding with uh sort of minimal inputs uh that that the series is kind of known for uh only with a uh how would you describe i mean it is it like self very like adventure time i think that style but in 3d yeah that's a, a fair way of putting it uh with a more sort of uh open not open world but a uh, th- there is a, a bigger focus on uh, story and setting. Uh, there are like a bunch of objectives in each mission, and they are genuinely like fun to try and hunt down and knock them all out. Uh, maybe my favorite game soundtrack of the year so far. Amazing just soundtrack. Super fucking fresh. Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah, I mean, this is just another one of those games that I can play at any point, at any time. It feels like, I think, uh, you know, like realistic skate games, like even Skate or even the Tony Hawk games, which aren't super realistic, but have a basis in that, can be a little intimidating for people. And this feels like for the people that like skate culture and skate vibes, this captures that really well without having to worry about like 3D camera and like. Yeah. you know hunting through a 3d map and stuff like that it's it's much more direct it's also one of those games where you the the difficulty is determined by how hard you want to go with it right like i am the sort that like has to complete all the objectives and if you do that it's quite a difficult game because you it, it will take you you know a lot of tries to you know ollie over all the birds on all the rails without hitting a single one of them and you get to the end and hit the last bird and it's like well fuck and you get pants uh, and you get new pants if you do that yeah uh but if you just play it you know trying to finish the levels and getting that 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 good fresh vibe uh it it can do that for you too yeah um it's it's it is fantastic, and I'm. It, it is also. I have loved both the Ali Ali games that came out before this, and felt like nobody was really paying attention to them. Um, and I hope that it, it makes me happy that Ali Ali World is like such an escalation in in quality and 
just in sort of fulfilling all the things that the past games have set out to do. Uh, and that is, that's always really exciting for a smaller, somewhat new, uh, you know, series like this. Uh, so I, I, I can't recommend it enough. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think we can kind of zip through the rest for the first half of the first half of the year. Because what we have left here is Horizon Forbidden West, which I know we do not talk a lot about on this show. Uh, but also, I I don't know, did anybody really vibe with this game? I like the environments oh, and some of the story beats I, I liked a lot. And I, I've liked the core gameplay a lot for a while, but I think it did. it's brutal because... Horizon, the first game, came out right around Breath of the Wild, and Horizon, the second game, came out right around Elden Ring, and that is just brutal. I feel really bad for the dev team. It felt like it didn't learn its lesson from the first one, which is like, I mean, it just feels so out of its time. Like, I mean, it looks beautiful, but it feels like just the most old-fashioned open-world game. Exactly. Like, Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring are both big open-world games that let you start doing fun shit and your own fun shit. Like, go in any direction you want. Like, do do whatever you want. Any dumb thing you can think of, go do it. And that is uh, revolutionary yeah. for, for, for this genre. And I feel the same way about Horizon Forbidden West that I did about Zero Dawn, which is that, like, uh, the moments of enjoyment that I get out of, like, hunting a big dinosaur made of metal and, you know, doing sick dodge counters and uh, all that stuff is interrupted by just unforgivably long chunks of uh, dialogue and uh, climbing up a big mountain uh, going from climbing point to climbing point in a way that is is just... uh, uh, it's just antithetical to fun. To yeah. Me. Well, I just broke the land speed barrier varying from, I should go back and finish Horizon 2. I don't need to play that again. It's, I just went through the whole thing in my head, like, listening to you talk about, especially I'm envisioning the, the like scaling the wall and you push a button to see where you're supposed to push your character to, to yeah. see the handholds for the thing. It's like... <sighs> yeah, yeah. And then there's Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, which... Griffin? I, I mean, I put this on here because I felt like it was a fantastic expansion for... I've played, I think, all the, like, big major expansions for all of Destiny 1 and 2. Uh, and it is a sliding scale uh, for, like, you know, how successful it is at storytelling and introducing new uh, mechanics and weapon categories and shit like that. And I think Witch Queen is, like, right up at the very top. I think that it had, like, a pretty sick campaign with some pretty amazing, like, uh, boss fights and introduced a lot of really cool stuff to the game. But again, came out three days before Elden Ring, and so I finished that campaign in three days, and they've added a lot of cool stuff since then, and I'm stoked for the Destiny community, uh, of which I was a, a, a member for a very long time, but I have uh, I have not gone back and dip back into destiny 2 in a long time i have lots of my friends who i played with still are into it and are enjoying it but yeah i just wanted to put it on here because it, it was a very ambitious uh expansion to destiny 2 and i think it succeeded uh a, a, just a, a whole bunch and then but, last for the first half of this episode elden ring we've which, done three episodes on yeah Elden Ring. we've done has so anybody, much I, one thing i'm curious about has anybody gone back to like 
play it or replay it or anything like that. Since, I'm since I'm slowly it. picking at it. I don't know if I'll ever finish it, but I'm slowly just kind of picking at it. It it, it holds up surprisingly well as a game that like I can play every other week or so and like still feel pretty good at it. Yeah. Once I beat it, I I haven't uh, gone back, even though I keep wanting to, because I'll see videos of like different builds and stuff like that. I know. But it feels like the sort of thing that I would return to either for DLC or like a couple years down the road when I could just do a fresh playthrough and really enjoy myself. That's it. Yeah, I put it on Steam Deck because I heard, hey, it works really well on Steam Deck. And uh, it sure does. And then I started playing it and got like you know, an hour or so into my second playthrough and then went to do something else and saw that my playtime on Elden Ring was 162 hours. <laughs> and I was like, I don't actually want this right now. That's a <laughs> lot of time in a single year to, uh, you know, put into this this video game that I've already beaten. But uh, It's really good, though. I'll tell you the one thing I will say about Elden Ring uh, uh, ahead of a lot of other games that I've sunk a lot of time into And this is something that I didn't realize until later, uh, now actually. Uh, I don't feel guilty about the amount of time I spent in Elden Ring. I mean, maybe in terms of like as a father (laughs) is a feeling, (laughs) but in in terms of like, like, oh, I should have been playing other things or reading other things or doing other things with that free time. No, it's really rewarding. It is not junk I mean, it food. Really does, it's all Yeah, it is not junk food. Filet. It is paying you back for, for all of the time that you're sinking into it in a major yeah. way. Um, yeah, I, I imagine I will. This is going to be one of those games, and this is true of like, um, especially the first Dark Souls, because it's on Switch. I, I've gone back and replayed Dark Souls, the first one, like quite a bit. Uh, and I think Elden Ring is going to sort of uh, become the heir apparent to that throne of just the game that, I replay on a annual basis yeah. uh, just to like try out all the different builds and, you know, different sort of quest lines that I didn't really seek out the first time through. Um, just, just, just the best, still the, still the best game of the year in, in my mind. Um, best game of the year. But there's a lot more to come, huh? That was a setup for going to the next segment. But oh, okay. you, you got to say something about like, but first, you hear but first, for the time for, for Colgate. Top Colgate sponsor. <laughs> Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash 
besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so that was a pretty packed first quarter i guess it would be and now we're diving into that was even just the first two months that was january and february just yeah just wild and the game i have put the most amount of hours into this year by far by far kirby in the forgotten land i didn't know that you were so into it plant well my son is yeah dude extremely into it my son started playing video games you know earlier i don't know not that long ago uh Entry point was PBS Kids, then Sonic the Hedgehog on iPad. Oh, did he get in that Don Quixote or those Daniels Higher games? Oh, I, 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 need, to, I need to do that. It's mostly just been the they PBS get, Kids. He, my um, kids get deep on the Daniel Tiger, and they're yeah. learning, like, not to punch me in the balls and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's Tiger, cool. That's I, good. Love. I love that song that he does. When like... you're gonna <laughs> kick a grown-up in the balls, take a second and punch the wall. <laughs> love that one. That's good. A lot and of And it's weird, because it's... It's like, Daniel, I don't want them to do that either. I guess it is better than them massacring my my testicles, but it, the walls don't need to be punched either. There was a whole set, like, it was all, there was the, the one season where it was all different variations of that. Like, if you're going to spin kick your mom in the balls, <laughs> take second and answer her calls. Yeah, it's, um. Uh... Because she's calling you. I was like, <laughs> is this like a 30-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but you're saying Mosey's gotten like, oh yeah so I w- w- the, I was like man I really want to see if I can get him to play a Switch game so I was like you know Kirby is a fun game and he's like no it's not I was like well Kirby is actually Sonic's best friend oh no and he was like oh shit that is blasphemy Sonic has a best friend so for a long time it was I can't wait to play Kirby Sonic's best friend. And yeah. then now, now he he realized that actually Kirby and Waddle Dee's are kind of best friends, so he likes to go to the Waddle Dee town. Here's here's the thing about this game: I play Kirby in the Forgotten Land, you know, before him, kind of zipped through the first few worlds. I'm like, you know what? Cute, they did it. Nintendo, cute game. Kirby, you 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 smash stuff. You turn into things. Great. Next game, he plays it, 
and just relishes every second of it. And I realize, hey, you know what? There's a lot more going on in this game than uh, some old schmuck like me takes the time to appreciate. Uh, like, he goes, has an adventure, and after every level, when he finally beats it, and he saves his friends, the Waddledees, he needs to return to the Waddledee town to see that they are happy in their new home. And then he, like, goes and watches a movie at the movie theater. Uh, he, he goes to bed in the Kirby house and sleeps because Kirby has to nap after, after you know, saving the world. Um, like, he, like, role-plays it in a way that I I just would never have done. And it's so cool that Nintendo added all of those little details that allow a kid and their imagination to actually to role play as Kirby. Yeah. Um, what a charmer. It also, this was Kirby's whole deal from the start, right? From Dreamland on Game Boy on is they wanted to make like a platformer that was accessible to people who lacked some of the vocabulary for not just platformers, but like games as a whole. And I think that, you know, the the, the games have... I think leaned too far in that direction from time to time, uh, specifically for me. Like I have not really gotten that deep into a Kirby game. God, really since like the superstar, like six in one pack on super Nintendo. Uh, but this game has stepped up Henry's like interest in games and his ability to play games. This is a 3d yeah. platformer. And that is like, you know, a, a pretty big mechanical step up from any of the other games he was playing, which worried me. But for one thing, you hop in there with the with the spear waddledee and you can help out when things get a little bit thorny. Um, but also just like it is approachable in a way that is great for kids. And then it gets like it can get pretty mechanically like challenging. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. do like. There is a there is a hell mode boss fight in this game that is super difficult and like beating that uh playing two player with my son is is maybe the most satisfying like boss fight of of the year. Uh sorry Elden Ring. Uh Radon is in second place right behind <laughs> right, uh, right, Chaos right, right. Chaos Elphilus. Um man, it's it it is fantastic. We are still playing this game on Same. a like weekly basis. Uh, so yeah, good job, Kirby. I would encourage you if you played it and you're like, oh, this is cute, to stick it out and then just like see how deep into the like uh, you know phantom I mean, worlds and challenge modes and all the shit that you can do in this. Kirby's game. powers get hilarious. Yes, <laughs> Kirby becomes like. The bringer of death. <laughs> yeah, um, and there's a, there's a, uh, a I think I've talked about this on the show before, but there is a bayonetta style like witch time slow down thing that you can do if you dodge an attack at the right moment, which you have to utilize constantly in order to like beat some of the like boss rush super challenge modes. That is so satisfying. It's so mechanically satisfying in a fucking Kirby game. Like it, that, that is not something I'm used to. I think this is the best Kirby game of all time. And I, I am in love with it. It is spectacular. Um, um another, Oh my God. Excellent game. Tunic. Tunic. Is Tunic, uh, which was the adorable isometric Zelda like Fox game that gives you basically no guidance whatsoever and no instruction manual, and you slowly piece together how the game works as you explore the game. Uh, 
given the fact that we have to play a lot of games and we're all busy and, you know, they're kids and there's stuff to do, it is very, very rare that I play games and if I'm stuck for more than like five or 10 minutes, I won't just look up a thing. And Tunic, I picked as a game, one of the few games where I would just going to beat it without looking anything up. And I filled a notebook of notes and like theories and runes, shapes and shit like that. And piecing that game together was so satisfying and amazing. And um, I really, I was just opening the notebook because I've, I've been using the notebook for Outer Wilds. And I was looking through it and it like brings me a lot of joy to look back at that. And it's incredibly well-crafted. And so if you have the patience, uh, do yourself a favor and just sort of try to figure it out for yourself. It'll be very, very cool. I uh, I talk a lot uh, it, when I talk about games about the idea of the, the hand of the creator, like being able to feel the presence of the person who made the game with every choice being like a deliberate one, like that sense that no matter what you do, it's something that was anticipated and intended. And I, I, and there's a real level of trust there because if you don't have that sense, you start to feel like, well, I, I, what am I supposed to be doing here? What do you want me to be doing? What did you anticipate me to be doing? And is it a waste of my time to follow this, this, you know, particular red herring? And I think that this, this game more than, so many others I've played, everything's intentional. Yeah. Like you, every single, I mean, to the point where I mean like every frame of this game that you can look at is like, it means something. Like there is a, there is deliberately every pixel, placed. even. Every pixel of this yeah. game is deliberately placed for you to to experience it. And that is, it's really stunning. Yeah. I, I will say my one thing with it is that it is so, um, it has a lot of sort of Fez DNA where it's, it is a, uh, because the game doesn't explain itself and it's up to you to kind of unravel it. I feel like I would need to start over in yeah, order you probably to, would. like, Definitely. To, to, to get back into I, it. I, it's not a long game. I think it's like eight to 10 hours, but I will do that. Yeah. Uh, because I, I love it's great the game on and I want to play, play more of it, but, uh, it's, it is a little bit daunting knowing that I'm going to need to probably just pick it up from the start. What yeah. What is cool, I would say this real quick, is that it is designed. A nope, that's not cool. What? A billion dollars. A billion dollars. <laughs> that's that's cool. cool. That's I cool. I would say it is designed, if you know stuff already, even if you think you forgot it, chances are as you start playing it, you'll remember. Yeah, And sure. there's no, like, you just start doing that thing. It's like Outer Wilds in that way where you can, you know, Metroid Brainia is the genre as coined by uh, Nick Sutner. Um, oh, that's great. But, you know. Metroid Brainia, that's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, they did a new Star-, Star Wars game too, right? Yeah, I mean, pretty good year for games you can play with your kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody these, Saves these the great. World, uh, Kirby, and this new Star Wars. Those are good hangs. Yeah, I mean, no, that's, definitely. That's all I got There's not a ton to say about it. It's real good. If, if, it feels <laughs> There's like only one Princess Leia. I will complain about that. I will say that there should be multiple Princess Leias. So that would make my mornings a lot easier <laughs> if I didn't have to navigate that. There's Bo Katan. My daughters every day. Bo Katan. Never mind. It's a Star Wars character that's also, you know, Kit female Fisto? empowerment. Are you talking about Kit Fisto? Okay. <laughs> anyway, it, it's a great game. Fresh, tear down. Teardown, uh, Teardown 1.0 came out in April of 2022. It's been in early access forever. I didn't pick it up until it went to 1.0, really. I played a little bit in early access, but earnestly started playing it on Steam Deck. And basically the last like three weeks of my life, whenever I had some free time, I was playing Teardown on Steam Deck. 
such an amazing, satisfying, like nonlinear, open thought kind of game where you're knocking shit down and but like with purpose. So if you have only like three bombs and you need to like take this wall down, how are you going to do it in such a way that it doesn't destroy the car that you're trying to steal behind that wall? Those sorts of like logic puzzles. Mm. Um, man, this game is so fucking good. I, I just adored it. And uh, I hope more people play it because there are just not that many games about like physics destruction that also have like a purpose behind them a la Red Faction Gorilla. Did yeah. this just come out this year? Oh, it went 1.0 this year. 1.0 yeah, in right? April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 1.0 um, added, or I think they added like a whole second half to the campaign. They added a bunch of features. And so it's it's in a really good shape right now. Yeah. Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Uh, I, 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 I really like this game. Uh, the first Stanley Parable came out, you know, like what? Almost a decade ago. Is that right? A long time a long ago. Time, yeah. And it is a, you know, what is it, walking simulator that serves as a piece of criticism of game design at that point. And I I like that game a lot. I find it is quite cynical and maybe even a little bitter. Um, and its criticism is largely pointing at the artifice and mechanisms that, like, exist to just get a game shipped. Like, oh, they're a ticking time clocks or whatever to to get you to go do a thing you know we're we're pulling back the curtain and you're seeing how a game works and like isn't that silly i also think it's just kind of like a little depressive um there's some uh i don't know sensitive stuff in there dealing with like self-harm that i I, i'm not a fan of uh ultra deluxe feels like what happens when somebody who has gotten older and has had more experience with the world and has had time to like assess their own creations and their own success makes a game about that. So ultra deluxe feels like a work of criticism about their own game and like the community around it and the criticism around it and like why why it should or shouldn't exist. <laughs> and it rules. I think it's a, a deeply positive and um, empathic and intelligent game. I think it's, honestly quite smarter than than the original yeah. stanley parable there there is an extended sequence where you walk through an environment reading steam reviews of the yeah. first game it's yeah. it's fucking it's hysterical and brilliant and i i it it left a huge impression on me chris i'm gonna chris i'm gonna hit you've inspired me i'm gonna hit you with a big uh Big idea, you ready? Mm. Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe is the Stanley Parable as God of War is the God of War. <laughs> oh, see, I thought you were going to say Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe is to Stanley Parable what Near Automata is to Near. Mm. Uh, not, I mean, not that far off. I, I really, the, it's, a, it's a great point though, and it is. You know what's? I, I was thinking about it. This is what. This is the sort of game that Portal Three would need to be yes. if they made another. You know, like. It is so in conversation with itself, and like talk. You, you hear the expression in the arts a lot about like kill your little darlings. Like this game takes like anything that was mimetic about the first Stanley Parable, and like you watch them disassemble, yeah, yeah. with their bare hand. Like it is, it is really uncanny, and I think pretty honestly kind of bold in a weird sort of way. Like to return to something like that, and like really look at it straight in the face. I don't know. I, I, and it's, you know, it's not just like a, a chin stroker. I mean, it's it's pretty funny and there's some good good gags and good gameplay stuff, but not gameplay stuff, but you know what I mean? Clever, clever, clever things. Rogue Legacy 2. 
They did Fuck it. Yeah, baby. They did it. I think I got to new game plus six <laughs> on this one. So uh, <laughs> just, just great. Just fantastic. I, it, it, and what a huge turnaround because I did not like the, I think, alpha or beta or whatever that we talked about. La- was it last year? Or yeah, maybe last year. earlier this year. Um, it's, f- it's fantastic. Two years it, ago. I'm sorry. It was two years ago. You're kidding. It was uh, 2020. That is wild. Yeah, it's come it's come a long way, baby. Uh it's it, it so it's got all the rogue legacy stuff. It's a Metroidvania action platformer that has uh a, a sort of strong roguelite lineage about it where uh you go through these runs collecting resources and then you spend those to buy permanent upgrades for all your characters and unlock new classes and unlock new armor and unlock new gyms that allow you to, you know, siphon life from your enemies or get an extra double jump or whatever. Uh, It has so much of that stuff, so much of that stuff. And playing the game and exploring the, the, you know, the environments and trying to, you know, make progress and beat, beat the bosses, like all that is so good. But uh, so many of my runs were not about that as much as they were about like, I'm going to get as much fucking money as I can get my hands on. And I am going to, uh, you know, try and create a build that can beat some of these, um, you know, special chest room challenges. And there's just so much to do. And then when you beat the game, the, the way that it handles new game plus is so brilliant where you get to basically customize where the difficulty increases. Um, and, and then you sort of like build your own, new game plus out of that and it's not just hey things are harder like there is new armor and abilities and stuff to unlock in the higher tiers of the game like it really is built around you continuing to play it after the credits roll and it i i man i'm not playing it so much anymore but for maybe a month uh the first month that i had the steam deck it was uh, nonstop. uh it's it's amazing it's a very very good game uh, my personal game of the year so far, Citizen Sleeper. Did anybody else end up making time to play this? I ha- I will, but I have not yet. I'm so intrigued by it. I, I, it's a game like this is kind of a hard sell for me. I feel like in that it looks like uh, a slow burn. Is that uh, is that accurate or is it? Uh, in my I mean, it, it's slow in that you have to read. So like, there's <laughs> that part. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, the way it works is it is a story game. It is, I don't know, kind of like a tabletop game in that you roll dice and then you use those dice to make decisions. So like having a six means that a decision you make will definitely work out. Having a three means, hey, kind of a coin toss. Having one means it probably won't work out and it will actually hurt you. Do you want to use that coin? Maybe there are other ways you could use that 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 die to get something else accomplished. That it doesn't matter if there's no risk. Um, but the whole game takes place on a space station. You are a effectively somebody's consciousness has been downloaded into you, and you are being used for like forced labor. And you have escaped your facility, and you are on this station, kind of hiding out. And it's about you trying to make a life for yourself. And you, at the beginning, have nothing going for you. I mean, you have no money, you have no shelter. It is, it feels 
really, really, really challenging. And that's why I would say it's not a, really a slow burn because at the beginning, it just feels like a miracle that you are staying alive from day to day. Um, but what makes this game really special to me is there are no bad choices. It can feel... I would worry about people playing it and feeling a lot of pressure of, oh, am I making the right choice? Am I going to lose? You know, am I going to have to replay a story game? And the answer is no. The writing on it wants you to have a beautiful experience. And I think it has a very, I don't want to say optimistic view of the world because it's a really grim borderline dystopia that it's set in, but it has a lot of faith in you as like the player. So it's always kind of giving you the benefit of the doubt in the decisions you're making, even when you make decisions that are kind of ugly um, to survive. It It's compassionate to why you have to make that decision. Um, and, an example of that would be like, you have you know caught somebody and you need to turn them in and you could either like let them go free and you would have no money and barely be able to eat or you could like take the bounty um and like kind of suck up your pride and then you're in like good condition and if you take the bounty the game gets it like it gets why you need to live um and why you loving to see another day is like kind of monumental for all the other people who rely on you um so yeah i i just think it's a profoundly beautiful game I really, I'm going to force we all to check it out before the end of the year because I think y'all will like it a lot and it runs great on Steam Deck. I just want to say a quick piece about Verizing, V-Rising. It's a, you know, a survival game where you're a vampire and uh, it's fun to live in a little vampire community with other vampires that are just trying to build up their keep and uh, get out there and make their way in the world by recruiting that's the word I use, humans to serve you uh, in your vampire castle and recruiting horses that you that can live with you. And um, you get lots of resources and stuff. And uh, the difficulty is kind of uneven. It's still in early access. I Look at the, um, I just put a uh, link to Reddit in the um, uh, Bessie's room. The, there's a new mod uh, that they've been working on, but I think it's in a pretty polished state at this point um, where it's a first and third person uh, mod where oh, wow, you this can looks cool. zoom all the way in to like, just be the vampire that is doing the, the stuff. It looks like the legacy of came game. I'll never get, but um, <laughs> I, I kept with it. Not everybody did. It didn't click for everybody, uh, but like, it's a very, I would say it's like pretty chill if you don't get hung up on the difficulty curve stuff. Not hung up on advancing, just hung up on like like our friend McKay who who works with us. She's uh, very into design and she has like this incredible, incredible castle uh, that, that she has worked very hard on. Um, and if that's your kind of vibe, then I think it's a really neat game. This video you have sent us is just this person massacring horses. <laughs> Which, like, I guess yeah, it's a I mean, thing. You got to know your brand, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who put in uh, hard, space, hard Space Shipbreaker? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I did. I mean... It, it, what? Chris Plant? Did, what, you, did, did y'all play this game? 
I haven't had a I chance. played it pretty early. It was not quite done. But I think I played this one too early. It wasn't quite done baking, I think, when I checked it out. Yeah, I mean, Fresh, I think you would like this a lot, having, like, Teardown. This is a game where you just break stuff. You are in space, and you, I mean, this isn't sleeper-esque, in that you are in just tremendous debt to a corporation, and you pay that debt off by breaking down old ships and junking them for parts. Uh, but the fun of it is... That's extremely dangerous to do. Like, there are explosive parts of ships. You know, you can cause the ship to collapse on you. So the the fun of the game is figuring out, well, how am I going to break this down without killing myself by accident? Um, it's great. Uh, the story is great. It has, like, a very cool folksy soundtrack. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I, the only thing that I was a little concerned about, and I can't confirm if this is a problem or not is motion sickness. Cause a lot of it takes place in zero G and those sometimes set me off. I don't think it will because it has a lot of points of reference. Yeah. Yeah. Points of reference. Yeah. Like you're, you're surrounded by a giant ship can help. Um, yeah. So that's good to know. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. It's been on my in the back of my head as a shortlist game to play, but I haven't had a chance yet. Cool. TMNT time. Cowabunga, dude. I uh, mean, one of the best beat-em-ups ever made, probably. Good, yeah. good-ass beat-em-up. Just, just fantastic. Uh, we have talked about this fairly recently, though. It's a very good, good beat-em-up. And, and talk about a, kind of a bumper crop of, of games to play with younger kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is another great example. I mean, a game where you can high-five and give your kids some of your health, like, come on. Please. If That's only that could happen a, in real life. metaphorical <laughs> for uh, my entire existence, just high-fiving away my life force. <laughs> uh, we also just talked about Neon White, which I know, uh, Justin, have you gotten into that? I know three of us. Yeah, man. Remember I was like, boasting about my score. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that game. That's a great game. Uh, like, that's, you know what I like about it? 10 minutes. You got 10 yeah. minutes, get in and like, you know, have a lot of fun and then get out. It's not like that demanding. It's a very chill. This is my chill thing. This is my honorable mentions for this week because it's all I have been playing. But I just finished it, and I'm proud to say I aced every single level. Wow! Look at aced every level, got every present. I was I I devoured this game. It's it's a goatee contender for me for sure. I knew that would be up in up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Good call, everyone. Last game, AI the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative, which everybody now who been added playing. now just just going by the title, who added this one? <laughs> uh, I hoops, this wasn't you. What's I mean, funny I'm about, 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 it. about I don't know who. There's added nothing it. about clicking in the title. I don't think it was me. <laughs> uh, I, I like mean, that it, Somnium Files implies sleepiness. Uh, oh, sure. I mean, that, that, <laughs> sure, this man. game it's might how do I that feel for two thirds of the way through the title. <laughs> Uh, it is a sequel to the original, <laughs> the AI, AI oh the Somnium Files, and it is uh, the latest game from, uh, oh my gosh, Griffin, the, the, the developer that you like. They make all the... T- the, the Spike re- Chunsoft. Y- well, I mean, yes, but also the team made uh, Zero Escape. Um, and it is... is not Spike Chunsoft? Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was just trying. I think it's the called the Zero Escape name- Team. I downloaded the first one onto my Steam Deck to play while I'm while I'm traveling because I once I found out that it was by the same dude who did Zero Escape, I was obviously right right on board. Nice. Um, yeah, it's just a good mystery detective visual novel. Um, could you just watch it? Probably. I I would say that it is interactive 
in the, you know, just enough sense to sell it on a video game store. Um, but that said, I'm really enjoying it. I It has just killer art design. Uh, the story is parsable. I can follow it, which is nice. And uh, I think it has some really clever ideas. I read um, oh, Emily St. John Mandel. The, the, she wrote um, Station Eleven. What she she wrote another book that came out this year that I just read, Sea of Tranquility, and it is uh kind of exploring the simulation theory, and uh it's it's okay, not my favorite. Um, this game is also exploring the simulation theory, and weirdly, I think has more interesting ideas. Is it written with as much grace as a novel? No. Is there some awkward fan service? Yes. Um. Am I having fun? Also, yes. I think that's basically it. Do we have any suggestions from uh, people that we uh, of games we might have missed? So, very, very quick. Uh, Sorrel uh, said, "I think twenty minutes till dawn kind of flew under the radar. It's a more active take on vampire survivors, and it's delightful. Cool. I checked that out on the Steam page, and it does look quite good." Um, Cameron said, "Slay the Spire Downfall is now my second favorite deck builder of all time, behind Monster Train." What is that? But above the original Slay the Spire, it is a truly an equivalent quality expansion, but it's fan-made, oh. entirely free, oh. and adds seven characters in an entire new mode. Wow. Yeah. Wait, is fan-made? Is that? Holy shit. Fan-made uh, mod uh, expansion to Slay the yeah, Spire. People are gaga about this on Steam. Uh, uh, wow. Okay, well, that's my afternoon. I got to go actually right now. Uh, and Bye, everybody. Bye. Emily uh, recommended Paparazzi, a great and quick feel-good game for when you need a break from the world of humans. The game was constantly putting a smile on my face. It is, as the title implies, a puppy paparazzi game. Uh, and then honorable mentions, really quick. Fresh, you're back on the Outer Wilds. Beat. I am playing Outer Wilds, the main game for the first time ever on Steam Deck. <gasps> it's tremendous. I'm <sighs> extremely close to beating it. Without looking anything up, it's been as satisfying as Tunic was. Um, so don't spoil it if if uh, you see me on Twitter. But hopefully, I'll be able to report back next week and say that I actually beat it. Uh, I downloaded. I'm so excited. Yeah, I downloaded the Capcom mm. Fighting Collection, which has a bunch of Dark Stalkers games on it and some other kind of forgotten arcade games. But it also has Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo Edition, and wow, does that game rule! Um, very cool to open an old puzzle game and then immediately kind of have your reflexes back in it. Um, and beating that with, uh, Sakura felt great. Not going to lie. Felt pretty great. This is very, I mean, you know, if you want a game like this, but the, the creators of You Must Build a Boat and some of those other joints, uh, you know, the ones they made, uh, an infinite clicker, um, I think called Infinite Island. Is it um, Luca Redwood? Is that his name? It's eighty eight games limited. Um, is the is the is the creator of this? But they 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 are back with instead of you know it is it is a relaxing game where you collect pets and go between islands and get gifts for your pets and what's it it's on? a iOS. <laughs> oh yes, it's uh, it's right there for you whenever you need it. Uh, Fresh, um, do we have people we want to thank? Yes, thank you to the following people for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Tanner, Tramer, Gold, Beep, Boop, Bop, 1111, Paul Likes Music, James Zah, and Mozart's Goats. 
Thank you for writing reviews on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everyone else who, who has written reviews and spread the word about the show. We really greatly appreciate it. And to recap the games, I'm going to do y'all a solid. We're not going to name every game that we talked about in this episode. They will be in the episode notes. So yes. just swipe over to the episode notes while you're listening Wait, to Wait, I this, have to write those. You're putting all the oh, work no. on me. Oh, no. Here, I'm, I'm copy-paste. Just copy-paste oh, yeah, it right. from our doc. That's good. I didn't even think yeah. about that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and then next week, we got something that we can't tell you about yet, but it's going to be great. <laughs> yes, true. Really set an expectation. Oh, boy, high. wait. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> That's going to do it for this list week. Till next time, be sure to join us again next week for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends with the world's best games? Steve.